Amen. All right. Good morning. We're going to open a little bit different this morning. Um, it has, guys, it's been a rough week. I want to tell you, it's been a rough week. We've had numerous people get in accidents this week. And one little boy this morning, uh, Clarissa's son, Dakota, he is 11 years old, uh, and he was in a very serious four-wheeler accident last night. Um, and had uh, bleeding on his brain, and he was having colon surgery this morning. I think he just got out of surgery, and it went good, um, but a very, very serious accident. Also, uh, Leighton Kinsley, I don't know if you'd had a chance to meet their family. Uh, they moved here from Minnesota. I don't know if um, her parents or if any of them are here today or not, but um, they moved here from Minnesota, and he had a very serious a car accident this week that almost killed him. And he is at home, but um, just very serious, and probably is going to have to have some surgery. I want to pray for him. Nikki, where's Nikki at? Probably on security this morning. Nikki was diagnosed with cancer, um, so I want to pray for Nikki. So here's what we're going to do. I want us to start by circling up this morning around this church and holding hands and opening a prayer for these folks this morning. Uh, and if there's another need, uh, as you're circling up, let me know. I want to circle up this morning. We'll have a welcoming time, but it's going to be short. I want to go to the Lord in prayer this morning first, circled up, holding hands, praying for these folks. Uh, a blessing this morning is Miss Joanne is with us this morning. I'm glad to see Miss Joanne this morning. Hop in. Everybody can hop in somewhere. Just hop in. It's a good thing when we have so many people here that we can't, we're, we're circled up beyond the church capacity. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer uh, and pray for these folks this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, just for the opportunity, uh, Lord, to gather with my brothers and sisters this morning. And Lord, bring our, our requests and our uh, petitions before you, Lord. And Lord, I just pray for Clarissa uh, this morning and Dakota. Uh, Lord, I pray for the doctors uh, as they're working on him. I pray for healing on his young body. Uh, Lord, we're thankful, uh, God, that it wasn't any more serious than what it was, but Lord, I pray for him uh, and the doctors and, and just bring healing upon him again, God. I pray for Leighton and his family. He's got seven uh, people in his household that he's trying to support, and he's working hard, and uh, Lord, he's not going to be able to work for a while. So I, I pray, Lord, we can help him and support him and just be there for him. I know they're a new family that just moved here. Let, they said they really, they really love our church, and Lord, we just want to reach him during this time uh, of, of extreme trial, and I pray for healing upon him and his life. And uh, Lord, this morning I also want to lift up to your brother Nicky. He is just a faithful servant in this church. Love him and his family, and Lord, I pray for healing for him this morning, uh, God, that you just uh, supernaturally intervene uh, in his life and heal his body, and uh, Lord, that he can be a testimony for you. He already is one, uh, Lord, that you, you intervened in his life and saved him, and so, uh, Lord, that in itself... Uh, is a testimony. So Lord, just be with us this morning as we pray, as we worship. In everything we do today, God, we want to point people to you and we want to honor you. It's in your name that I do pray. Amen. Amen. Take a couple of minutes this morning. Welcome everyone.
You may be seated this morning. So I have um, several announcements. The women's uh, Sunday night Bible study. We've got a couple of different ladies' Bible studies that are starting. Uh, the the uh, we have a women's Bible study on Monday nights at the the new uh, Freeway Women's House at 6 p.m. Talk to Kim, uh, our women's freeway director up here on the front row. Talk to Kim if you have any questions about that. They're supposed to come hungry, right? Ladies, come hungry. So that's starting tomorrow night at 6 p.m. 
We have a women's Bible study on Sunday nights. It's going to be starting September 24th. Uh, there are books that are ordered. You can get them from Brenda Espy. They're $11. The books will be here September 3rd. It is on emotional victory is uh, the title of it. looked really good when we looked it over as elders. Uh, it's starting Sunday, September 27th. It will be uh, the, at the same time as the men's Bible study. So we'll have ladies up here, men downstairs. We'll figure out exactly where. But every Sunday night now, ladies, you have a Bible study. Starting at the end of September. So here's the sign up for that. If you would like a book, we're going to pass that around uh, one more time today. The sign up for that. Also, um, hey, I was just told this also. I didn't know this this morning, but... Uh, pray for Rochelle. Her, uh, her father passed away yesterday too. So I hadn't got that out to the church yet. But please keep her in your prayers. I know she was here for Sunday school this morning. Uh, so just keep praying for her. Uh, today's kind of a big day. Tonight, uh, no men's Bible study because we have the Crossbridge pool party. So tonight from 6.30 to 8.30 at the Marshfield City Pool... Please come. Everybody's invited. Uh, we have the whole pool rented uh, for tonight from 6.30 to 8.30. We'll have pizza and drinks and bring lawn chairs. And while the kids are swimming, if you don't want to swim, you can sit and visit. It's a really good time to get to know people. If you're new, I, I encourage you to come. If you're new to Crossbridge, we can get to, get to know you, and I can visit with you hopefully a little bit tonight. So from 6.30 to 8.30 uh, at the city pool, our back-to-school uh, party. Grief Share, this is something else that's starting up. I'm really excited. we got some new ministries starting up. This is on Thursday nights. Grief Share starts September 7th from 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, Grief Share, we're going to get some more info out. Stephanie, do you want to come up and say anything about Grief Share this morning? You're more than welcome to. Uh, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but uh, Stephanie's going to be one of the people. Her and Brenda are going to be leading Grief Share on Thursday nights. So she can give you a quick overview. Is there a video this morning also? Do you have a video for Grief Share, Dave? Okay, go ahead and say something, and then we'll play the video. Okay, I'm not really good at talking in front of people. Is it, you got her on? Uh, there are so many, oh, there you go. There are so many people who have the same feelings that you do. And sometimes it's great to just sit down and talk among friends and be able to share those feelings and be able to know that you are not alone and that you can walk through this through the Bible and with God's grace, you can walk through it and make it through this grief. So uh, we will be starting September 7th, it's on Thursday night at six o'clock and Brenda and I will be doing that. There are flyers in the back for it. If you need some more, let me know. If you have some friends or family you think would benefit from this, please let us know. There's also registration online that you can go to for that. And you got the video, play the video real quick guys. My journey through grief was certainly much more difficult than what I ever imagined. There were times that I just could not concentrate on things. There's days I wake up and I don't want to do anything. It's just devastating. The grief that happens after the death of a loved one can leave you feeling confused, lost, 
and alone without a roadmap. But other people have traveled this grief journey before you, and there is hope and a way forward. GriefShare is a proven video-based support group that connects you with others who are traveling the grief journey you're on right now. GriefShare is a place where you can be as raw and as ugly as you want to be, and it's okay. I joined them online and it was great. It was wonderful. Each weekly Grief Share session consists of an insightful video with grief experts and testimonials, a small group discussion, and encouraging workbook exercises. You'll also receive free online resources and tools that help you move forward in hope and healing. I gained so much more than just understanding of grief, and I think I saw it from a bigger picture, too. To find a Grief Share group meeting online or near you, or to learn more, visit griefshare.org. We have uh, all these new ministries coming out. So if you know somebody, they don't have to be a member of Crossbridge. I mean, this is a ministry to the community to reach people who are suffering. So invite them, and then, hey, if we can plug them into the church or they're, maybe they don't know Christ, these are all opportunities to share the gospel uh, with people. Max Hartman, uh, would you come on up here? We have a discipleship certificate to hand out. This is one of the just most important things we can do as a church is disciple. Come on, Travis. So it is an honor and a privilege to really get to participate in this thing we call discipleship. And the Bible and Jesus commanded us to go and make disciples, and I'm just proud to be a small part of this. And honestly, we came together, and like Mike Simon said, uh, every week we just he asked such good questions and we would learn things. I learned a lot. And uh, wow, it just, it never gets old. It never gets old because it's based on the Bible and how to live this life we call walking the Christian life. And it never gets old seeing a guy like Travis turn his life around. It just never gets old. And so anyway, Travis, congratulations. I'm proud to be a small part of it. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate it. And you can- say a short word. Thank you, God, and I appreciate the work that uh, God's doing in and through this church, and uh, Max Hartman here. That's it. Thanks. Thanks, sir. All right, that's, that's a huge part about who we are uh, as a church. Hey, just real quick, an update on Dakota, um, also, uh, who, who's at the hospital. If you've got questions, get a hold of Leslie or me. I'm going to try to update the church. Try to keep the contact with Clarissa maybe to a little bit of a medium or a low level today, uh, a minimum, uh, just because, you know, obviously, uh, she's probably having a rough day today. So, okay, uh, anything else? Uh, uh, the shoebox list. We got a shoebox list. Um, coming out for uh, Franklin Graham Samaritan's Purse. So we'll have a list up here. There's all sorts of stuff you can buy. Uh, we'll start po- uh, p- packing the shoeboxes, what, in November? Yeah, so um, start, start bringing some of that stuff in. Our goal, usually we do 50. It'd be great if we did 100 this year on that. Uh, a women's ministry announcements, real quick. Women's coffee this week, Tuesday morning, 8.30 a.m. at Grillo's. Did I forget anything? We had a lot. What is it? Moms. 
It's Dave's bad. Mom's Cafe. If you show up to Grillo's and they're not there, just hit every place in town until you find them, okay? <laughs> They'll be at Mom's. All right. Anything else? All right. If you would stand this morning, let's take up our morning offering, and then we'll jump into God's Word after we have our time of worship today. Lord Jesus, I thank you uh, again just for the opportunity to be here this morning, Lord, to worship you. And Lord, our hearts are heavy this morning, and we're, we've got concerns, and you know that, God. And so I just lift the, those folks up to you again. Thank you, Rochelle, this morning, and uh, losing her father. And uh, it, it, we're starting grief share. We have a grief share that, that, that maybe can minister to her. And uh, Lord, so just thank you for these ministries that are happening in the church and the discipleship. Uh, Lord, we worship you for that. Lord, we love you. Uh, forgive us of our sins today, uh, Lord, and, and let not uh, those um, hinder us receiving your word today. Uh, Lord, as we enter our time of worship, giving is a part of that. As we're going to talk about stewardship today, and so Lord, I pray uh, we're being good stewards and use that, Lord, to uh, further your kingdom in everything, Lord. We love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. <laughs> Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a fortress of glory divine.
first okay
the old Baptist songs. If you've, been a, if you've been a Baptist for 20 years or 30 years or 40 or 50, you know that one for sure. Uh, do what? Or one. or one, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, hey, one more thing I forgot to announce, and I have it on my notes, and I just overlooked it. We have baptism today at the river, so maybe you're here and you've never been to uh, river baptism. We have a baptistry here. I don't like baptizing people inside. I like going and getting in the river. So we have river baptism after church today. So if you've never been, just follow the cars. It's about six miles out W Highway. You turn left on Greer Creek Road, and it's right down there at the river. So come with us to baptism. Little kids, second grade and below, can go down to Children's Church. Matthew 25. Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. We are going to jump out of our study just for this week uh, of important people in the Old Testament. I, I started working um, on, on that study and uh, talking about Jacob and Jacob and ultimately going to be Joseph. And I just kept going back to stewardship. I've been going through stewardship uh, in... Uh, our, uh, our, well, we just, we just completed it in our discipleship class on, usually on Friday nights. Last night it was Saturday night. I've told you guys we have a whole bunch of young adults that come over to the house, and uh, usually we have dinner and we'll have discipleship with one another. And there's usually 10 or 12 of them, and we just got through going through stewardship. And so I wanted to cover that this morning. Um, Matthew 25, 14 through 30 is what we're going to read. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. It says this. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He, he who, also, who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents here. I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. 
He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I had not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, uh, who, who has will more be given. And he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not even what he is will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, Lord, this morning. Just uh, again, Lord, for the opportunity to gather uh, the saints this morning to worship you. So, Lord, be with us as we uh, read your word today. And this is so much more than money. This is about the kingdom of heaven. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that uh, we are good stewards of what you have entrusted us with. And that is such, such little about money and such more about the kingdom of heaven. And in all things, God, this morning I pray uh, that we worship you and love you with everything that we have. It's in your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Okay, so why am I preaching about this today? Why, why being a good steward? Uh, most of the time when you, you hear, um, when I hear or people hear of a sermon on stewardship, they automatically think, oh great, the preacher's preaching over money today. And that's not what I'm preaching over today, okay? Um, stewardship, being a steward is what? When you open up our discipleship book, I always wanted to find what a steward is. A steward is nothing but a manager. It is a manager of someone else's stuff. Someone else's gifts, someone else's money, someone else's property. It is a manager. And this can be, honestly, a sensitive subject uh, for some people. Because um, many people can and think, and I think the American church does have a pretty bad rap at times of, of making people think that all they care about is money. Um, but the Bible does talk about stewardship a lot. And it talks about money and possessions a whole lot. And it talks about wealth. In fact, if you start looking up the verses that it talks about, it it talks about it about 2,300 verses about it. So it's an important thing that we need to be aware of. But I think in talking about this today, what I pray for you is that the Holy Spirit will work. And if you need to be a better steward... And maybe it's over finances, maybe it's over things that the Holy Spirit will convict you of that. But let me say this morning, once again, this is very to, to, to little to do with about money and about the kingdom of heaven. So when I think about being a good steward, I think about uh, what God has entrusted us with. And what he has entrusted us with is the gospel message. How are people saved? People are saved by us sharing the gospel with them. We, in fact, are called ambassadors. It makes me think what an ambassador is. I asked our discipleship group this week, and they knew really good what an ambassador is. Uh, when a president is elected, we're going to have another election next year, that president gets to appoint ambassadors to represent our country all over the world. Sierra and Kyle are going to be getting married before too long, and they're thinking about taking a trip uh, for their honeymoon overseas to another country. And I'm like... You guys are going overseas, and I don't, I'm not real crazy about that, but they're young adults. They can do whatever they want, right? They don't need my blessing to go overseas. But where they told me they were, uh, the country they were going to go to, I said, 
Kyle, you need to remember this address. I immediately looked it up. I gave him the address, and he's looking at me like, what are you talking about? And I said, you know what that is? And he said, no. One of the other guys said, is it the U.S. Embassy? And I said, that's exactly right. Because <laughs> when you're in another country, and when you're in another country, all, all those countries have what they have. We have a U.S. Embassy there. And at that U.S. Embassy, it is guarded. It is sovereign U.S. land in another country. And if you're a U.S. citizen and you're in a foreign country and you get in trouble, you know where you need to go? The U.S. Embassy. And they will take care of you. And guess who guards those U.S. embassies? Come on. You know who I'm looking at to answer this. The Marines. The Marines. Not the Navy. Not the Navy. <laughs> The Marines, the Navy gets us there, okay? Sorry, Navy guys, I had to, all right? So the Marines guard these embassies, but they appoint an ambassador there. And what is that ambassador? That an ambassador is a mouthpiece for our government. He is representing our government in that other country. So if our president wants to tell that other country something, he calls up the ambassador and he says, hey, go tell them this. And, they, and he goes and talks to them. He's a representative. So when God tells you and tells me that we are ambassadors of his, right now, in our, where we're at, that tells me we are representing who? We're representing him on earth right now. We are representing Christ that is an amazing responsibility. And listen to me. I hope that we are good stewards of that responsibility. That we take that responsibility seriously. That we are getting to represent the kingdom of heaven here on earth as ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ. In this parable, Jesus tells, he talks about a man who's going on a journey. And he has servants. And he gives them large sums of money. In fact, he gave them talents. And these talents were worth a lot. And when the master returned, he called his servants to give an account of their stewardship. And so this story is addressed to us. As Christians, we are waiting for the return of Christ to this earth. We are like the servants who are waiting the return of their master. And this, this parable has several very, very important lessons for us today. And I want to look at some of those uh, lessons uh, uh, that we can learn from this. The first thing is that, listen, it's not about us. Everything is God's. Everything that we are that we like to say we have, doesn't belong to us at all. We are simply stewards, our managers. In verse 14, what does it say? They were given what was not theirs. He entrusted to them his property. So whose were the talents? The talents were the masters. It was simply their job to manage what had been given to them. Now, Jesus is using this as a, uh, an explanation of money, but t and talent, a talent then was money. And if you figured up the cost of this, it was a significant amount of money. I'll, I'll go over that here in a minute. A significant amount of money. But listen, I think we need to think of this, and we have to think of this as a kingdom issue. Jesus' parables were all about the kingdom of heaven. So when we look at this, we know the kingdom of heaven, he has entrusted us with that gospel message. We are ambassadors for his. And, and listen, everything is God's. Everything that we have here on this earth that we're managers of, it is his. The first, the first thing about being a good steward is recognizing that you don't have ownership over anything. Everything belongs to God. Psalms chapter 24 verse 1 says it. It says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. 
the world and those who dwell therein. Everything belongs to God. Everything. Haggai 2.8 says, the silver is mine, the gold is mine. Now that, that's kind of hard for us to grasp at times, that everything is God's. And, and we can become very protective over what we think is ours. And we can become very protective over that. It reminded me, it reminds me of at Christmas time, we watch a movie a lot of times. We watch uh, the story of Ebenezer Scrooge. And he had much wealth. He had been entrusted much wealth. And for much of his life, what did he do with his wealth? He kept it for himself. He was very stingy with that. He, every, listen, everything that he had didn't belong to him. It's God's. Everything that we have that we are entrusted with is simply on loan from God. So if we're a good steward, what are we using the things that God has entrusted us for? To advance whose kingdom? Mine or his? I, 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 that's a question we have to ask ourselves. When we recognize that nothing is ours, and that it's about the kingdom of heaven, this is a kingdom issue, then you want to advance the kingdom of God because it's his anyway. We're simply managers. Now, so when I think of talents, the word talent for us means an ability. A talent then was about money. So whether it's an ability, whether it's a gift, whether it's financial, everything is God's. Here's the second thing that we can see here. And I love this. He gives to them according to their ability. It's about their ability. In the parable, it can be very confusing because the word talent is in the King James Version. And that means to us an ability. Like you have talent that you can sing. Like we have a bunch of talented people on the worship team. They have good voices. They can sing, right? That's a talent. But in the original Greek, the Italian, it was, it, it, it was about a large sum of money. It, in value, depending on if it was a talent of copper, silver, or gold, some commentators say a talent was basically 6,000 denarii. Uh, a denarius is what someone would earn in a day. So 6,000 denarii would be 20 years income. So in, if you put it in terms of our economy, using a minimal hourly wage, a talent would be the equivalent of about $300,000. So we may think, well, it's a bit disconcerting that each of the servants in this story didn't get an equal amount. Why didn't they get an equal amount? Well, because the master knew. God knew. And, and one servant he gave five, to another he gave two, to another one. Well, that's easy for us to step back and say, well, that's not fair. That's not right. We live in a society today that would say, well... God, you're wrong. We should even it out. Everybody should get the equal amount. God doesn't do things like that. Because he knows the ability. He knew the ability. He knew his servants. He knew his servants. So he gave how he wanted to give. And listen, listen to me today. God is going to give people some more than others to manage. It's not our responsibility to look back and say, well, God shouldn't have given that or... That's his responsibility. He gave to them what? According to their ability. We're not supposed to sit back and complain and say someone's been given great or more than us. Our job is to make the most of what we've been given. You know what I like to tell people uh, who, who really are striving in business and want to become wealthy and, and want, to, want to, you know, and there's nothing wrong with being wealthy, folks. There's nothing wrong with being wealthy. Be wealthy if you're going to use that wealth to further the kingdom. You don't like to tell them, 
for whom much is given, much is required. So you want to become very wealthy, watch out. Because God's going to require a lot of you. He's going to require a lot of you. We're not supposed to sit back and complain, though, and say, well, I didn't get this and I didn't get that. God, how come I don't have that? Because you know what that attitude is? That's one of coveting. That's a covetous attitude. Exodus 20, uh, 17 says, You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. So when I start looking at other people and I say, I want that. How come they got that and I didn't get that? You know what that is? That's sin. That's, covet. That's a coveting attitude. What, what are we supposed to be? We're supposed to be content with what God has given us to manage. Whether that is a little or that's a lot. You notice the one who, uh, who was given five and the one who was given two. They both took what God had entrusted to them and they used it to further the kingdom. And what did he say? Well done, my good and faithful servants. He said that to both of them. He didn't, he didn't commend the one who he had entrusted more, more than he did the one who he entrusted less. The ones that served the kingdom, that took care of what God had given them to manage, what did he say to them? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Oh, how we should long, brothers and sisters, at the end of our life, for God to look at us and say, well done. Well done. You took what I had given you to manage and you used it for the kingdom. I'm telling you, there's going to be some people that God has entrusted a whole lot with and even a little with that they're going to get the end of their life and he's going to hold us into an account. That's going to be one of the points I cover here in a minute. He's going to hold us into account and they're going to say, well, I don't, I don't know, God. I built a really big house and I had a really nice truck, but I didn't help anybody and I didn't fund. And he's going to say, you worthless servant. I gave all of this to you and entrusted this with you to use for my kingdom. Whether it's a lot or a little, what should our focus be? Eternity. Not ourself. Not ourself. It's about eternity. So when I start looking at other people and I say, well, I want what they got. I, I want that. I want that. That's wrong. That's wrong. In fact, you know what it is? It's idolatry. Ephesians 5.5 5 says so. Here's the verse. It says, For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or, is, or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. What is, so what is an idolater? That's making a God. That means when we look at somebody and we say, I want that, and you covet that, and you say, that's what I want, you are making that an idol in your life. And you know what starts to happen? You start to worship that. And you know what can very easily happen in the great American dream? We can all start coveting things and wanting, oh, I want to get to a point in my life where I can just do whatever I want, and I'm going to covet this, and I'm going to work towards this. Oh, I'm going to work towards it. And then we get to the end of our life, and we go, what have I done with my life? You know how many people get to the end of their life, and they, they look and they say, I've worked my entire life for this, and I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I'm still empty. And I poured my whole life into something that doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter when they could have poured their whole heart into serving the kingdom and using 
what God had entrusted them with to further God's kingdom and being a good steward. Because here's the deal. When these servants are doubling, whose money are they doubling? The master's. So with us, with what he's trusted us with, are we using that to double his kingdom? Not double our kingdom, his kingdom. Coveting is something that's making a God in your life. Listen, focus on the gifts that God has given you and use them to glorify him. Your money, your abilities. I'm not preaching a sermon today because I don't think you guys are doing it. I look around, I see all the ministries we're starting. I look at people that have been serving at the new house. I've been look, I, I hear about it. Of all that you guys do, I'm uh, proud is maybe the wrong word, but I'm thankful for this church and this body. You know why I'm preaching this? Because I don't want us to lose our focus from this. Keep our focus. Now, maybe you're here this morning and you're not using what God's given you. Maybe this is, you need to re- reassess your values here. You notice that the master didn't give them equal amounts, but he was correct in the assessment of the servants. What happened? The first two doubled what they were given. The third went and buried it. Uh, here's the thing. This is the verse. Luke 16.10. One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much and one who is dishonest and very little is also dishonest and much if you're not faithful if you're not faithful in doing what God wants you to do and for serving his kingdom when you don't have nothing you ain't going to be faithful when you have a lot be faithful in little things here's the other thing if you have little sin in your life guess what would happen if we would take care of little sins in our life we'd never have big sin to take care of Take care of the little stuff. If you're faithful in little, you're going to be faithful in much. It's very easy for us to get focused on what we don't have and forget to be faithful for what we do have. Are we faithful? Luke 16, 13 says this, same context of verses. No one can serve two masters. You'll either hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. Money's just the example. You can't serve God and yourself at the same time. It's about God. All right, here's the third thing. Now, this, we're going to get really serious. There's going to be a time where we settle up. There's going to be a time to settle up. What happens? Verse 19 in our text. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. You know, every year we have settle up time. With our government. It's no fun, right? But Jesus says, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God's what is God's. April 15th is like black April 15th. Because it's tax time. And April's never a fun deal. Maybe you figure your own taxes. There's some good accounts. You could hire one. But April 15th is settle up day with the U.S. government. Listen, folks, there's a day, there is going to be a settle-up day when we face the living God. There is going to be a settle-up day. Most of us here today believe probably in God on an intellectual level. But do we live that out in our lives? Are you living that out in your lives? I, I share this verse a lot with people. It's Hebrews 9, 27. For it's appointed unto man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. Everybody has an appointment with God. That's settle up time. 
for Christians, that's a good time. Because you get rewarded. You get rewarded because Christ has paid for your sins. And all the things that you've done in service to the kingdom. That, and, and how you've doubled his talents. He looks at you and says, well done, my good and faithful servants. If you're lost, settle up time's not a good, not a good deal. It's not a good deal. Are you serving God or are you serving yourself? Are you serving God or are you serving money? When I think about the idea of money, I, I, I don't know who gives in this church and who doesn't. I have absolutely nothing to do with the financial situation in this church, and I don't want to have anything to do with that. I don't, I, nor do any of our elders. We just don't. We, we, we don't want to have anything to do with that. Denny is over the finance team. But other than that, we, we don't, I, don't, I don't know. We don't know. But you know. You know. An easy way to see if what you are, if you are, if you are doubling the things that he wants you to as a steward is to look at your checkbook. When the IRS wants to know how we've done our taxes or wherever we've messed up, what do they do? They'll audit you. They'll audit you. And then they'll send someone in and they'll examine the books. You know what we should do with our gifts and talents that God's given us, the stewardship? We should audit ourselves every once in a while. We should audit ourselves and say, hey, how am I serving the Lord Jesus? How am I doing in this? Spend some time auditing yourself. Every once in a while, I don't do it all the time, but I'll grab my kids' cell phones. And I can go look at their battery life. You can go look at your battery life on your phone. And you can see how much time you've spent on Facebook or Instagram or the Bible app. You can see what's taken up the majority of our time. You know, you know that's an easy way to keep yourself in check. Well, why, do I, why, is, why, why does my battery say that I'm on Facebook 90% of the time and I'm on the Bible app less than 1% of the time? Hmm, got a problem there, right? Easy way to audit yourself. Now, here's, here's the thing. One of my last points. I've got two more. What we do in this reveals what you think of God. What you do reveals what you think of God. The first two servants receive a good report. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Both are invited into the joy of the master. What does the third guy do, though? He goes into this big speech trying to justify himself. Why? Because how he viewed God. He viewed him as, as master as a hard tyrant. If we view God that way, it's going to shape everything we think about God. How, what we think about God. Some people are very, very secretly very angry with God. Because we think he did something to you or he didn't do something that you wanted. As a result, your view of God will prevent you from seeing him as one of grace and mercy. And you refuse to serve him. There are times when... Bad things happen to us that God is actually taking care of us. Remember we talked about that? We talked about going through trials and struggles several weeks ago. Then when we go through trials and struggles, what is that a time for us to do? Rely on the Lord. It's a time for us to rely on the Lord. Now, we don't like to look at it like that, but that's literally what it is. And so during those times of trial and struggle, when we're going through things that we don't understand why we're going through them. That's a time that we grow in our relationship with the Lord even more. We embrace him even more. We trust in him even more. What did the third servant do? He blamed God. What are we commanded to do? Proverbs 3, 
5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He'll make straight your paths. We serve a God that loves us, brothers and sisters. You're His children. He loves you. He's going to provide. He's going to take care of you. Do you believe that? If you do, it will show in how you give. It will show in how you manage. It will show. It will show. When we give, it's a reflection of what? When we are, when we are serving Him and we're being good stewards, that's a reflection of the nature of God. He's the ultimate giver. 1 John 4.10 says, In this love, not that we have loved God, but He loved us and sent His Son for our sins. He is the ultimate giver. There's no greater gift. There's no ultimate gift that I can tell you this morning. If, if how we view God, do we view Him as a tyrant? Do we view Him as an ultimate giver? All right, last point. There are lifetime benefits of being faithful. Eternal, not even lifetime, eternal benefits of being faithful. What are those? In verse 28 and 30, as true servants of the Lord, we want to be found serving Him to the highest limit of our capacity when He returns or when we go to meet Him. He, he is going to bless us for faithful servant. What does he say for being faithful servants? What does he say? Enter into the joy of my master. That is an eternity of blessing for being a good steward. Here's my last couple of verses. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. As I read these last verses, I'm going to ask our worship team to come this morning. It's verses 19 and 20. 19 through 21. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So here's the question in this lesson on stewardship. Here's the question. Where am I storing up treasure? With what God has entrusted me with, whether it's a little or a lot, am I using my gifts, my talents, my ability, my finances, everything about me? It's not just about money. Everything about me, am I using it to store up treasure in heaven? Or am I focused here on this earth? Do I have an eternal focus with stewardship? Do I have an eternal focus? Where am I storing up treasure? My prayer for you, for me, for all of us, when we stand before God one day, for Him to say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Master. You have been faithful. You've been faithful. Listen, This is a time where we just look. This isn't about harping on you. This is about you auditing yourself. Letting the Holy Spirit audit yourself. There's some of you in here that have gifts and talents that you could use for the kingdom that you're not using. That you're not using. You're wasting. You're burying the talent and putting it in the ground. There are some of you 
that he gave five talents to, that you have turned them into 20. God bless you because he's going to bless you one day. Keep doing what you're doing. If you know that this is an area of your life that you struggle with or that you're just not busy serving the kingdom, here's what he allows us to do. This is the amazing thing. He allows us to turn to him and repent. And from this day forward, you can start using the gifts and talents that he's given you. I'm telling you guys, this life is over like that. Like that. We only have a short time. We only have a short time. What are people going to say about me and my ministry for the kingdom when I'm dead and my funeral? What are they going to say about you? Those are the things that we should ask ourselves. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. If you need to come, you can. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning for your word. It's challenging. You challenge us in these parables. These are kingdom issues. It's not just about money, God. These are kingdom issues. Lord, I pray this morning that we as a church, a church body collectively, never get stale from serving you and using the gifts and talents and being ambassadors for you. You give us the charge to spread the gospel. You tell us that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Let us be workers. And God, on our individual lives, I pray that we just we understand that it's, we don't own anything. You own everything. We're just stewards. Let us, God, be good stewards. Let us be known as people that help people and give at all times. We love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen.
want to thank you guys for coming today. Baptism will leave about 10, 15 minutes after the close uh, to head down to the river. So join with us in baptism. It's an exciting day for the church. Um, seems like we've had a lot this summer, and that's a good thing. So um, it's an awesome thing. Here's what the benediction. I want to close with this today. It's Matthew 6, 33. It says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What am I seeking first? It goes right along with what we just talked about today. What am I seeking? What's important to me? If I looked at my calendar, where do I spend my time? If I looked at my checkbook, where do I spend what God's entrusted to me with? These are questions I love to ask myself, and I, and, and I, I hope you ask uh, yourself that also. Ladies also, ladies uh, uh, ministry leaders, I know... Caitlin's husband was the one that was in the serious car accident this week, and she's brought five little kids with her, all of her kids this morning, uh, to church. And so um, we want to try to help them, minister to him. So ladies, we'll, we'll see if we can help you. I know you've got to, we're going to pray for your husband, and, um, but also I'll, I'll update, uh, pray for her family, and also for Dakota. Um, I haven't heard anything as of late, because I don't have my phone on me, because uh, Leslie, any updates? Is Leslie in here? Any? Wrong, long road recovery, but he's out of surgery and doing good. So that's, that's answered prayer. Okay, good. Ace, would you close us in prayer this morning? Father, I just thank you once again for another opportunity that I get to serve you, Lord. I, I, uh, I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you for conviction, Father. Father, I just pray for that one that's still sitting here, that's still uh, white-knuckling it in their chair, Lord. I pray that they truly find the freedom that they can have in you. Lord, and I thank you for another wonderful day that I get to serve you. It's in your wonderful name I pray. Amen.